so welcome. And we are going to continue to think about and try to learn from words of Saint Theodorus the Great. We are going to continue this text 81. Do not try to trip your neighbor up with deceitful words, lest you yourself be tripped up by the destroyer. For, as the prophet affirms, the Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. The Lord will destroy all deceitful lips and the tongue that speaks proud words. Similarly, do not revile your brother for his faults, lest you lapse from kindness and love. For the person who does not show kindness and love towards his brother does not know God, for God is love. As John the son of thunder, a beloved disciple of Christ proclaims, and he adds that if Christ, the savior of all, lay down his soul for us, then we ought to lay down our souls for our brethren. Well, we can say that there is nothing special in this in this uh, text, Saint Theodorus offers us, uh, because for sure this is something what Christianity is connected with, love to our towards our neighbors, and we hear this variation about this love all time, all some kind of examples and uh, and reminders that we should love our neighbor. And um, uh, and I think th it, I think that maybe it would be better if we don't talk about like allow to neighbor so often, because uh, I think that somehow then then these these good advices are losing strength, because we have tendency to skip that. Oh, I know that I know that I should allow my neighbor, and. Um, and uh, and there's another reason why uh, why we somehow are immune to this uh, commandment to love our neighbors that uh, we are exposed to so many betrayals, you know, like. Um, Acts of not love, and 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 uh, from people who otherwise they say, "Well, I'm trying to love my neighbor. I'm trying to love God and my neighbor." And there are so many, so many these betrayals, this uh, this uh, uh, I would say this even though it's falsehood. Uh, hypocrisy in these people, so then uh, we are suspicious to each this um, proclamation to love our neighbor, and uh, it is it is good for us to somehow. Uh, if you have in computer, you have these cookies there, that sometimes it causes that when you have too many. All these files there, that computer doesn't work very well, so we have to clean cookies. And I think that uh, something similar we have to do from time to time with this our mind to somehow delete what we gain through um, experience of daily life <coughs> and to go back and to start like from the beginning. I'm not saying to remove bad, good things, but really to refresh, to go to basics and then to remind ourselves uh, these basic things which we are, which we learned from saints and from Christ. And one of the things is that, that if you remember those who were attending this book study about um, um, uh, the of the field, that he reminds <coughs> us in one way that he says that don't think that to love is natural for us. 
he tells us that this is to love God, to love our neighbor is not in our nature. Because heart is broken through sin, with sin. And to be able to, this, and he says that this commandment is spiritual. And it's because of that, it, it, um, uh, it is, it, body goes against it. Our natural, like, inclination is to love ourselves, to be egoists, to, to watch what is good for us, or to search what is good for us. To love God and to love our neighbor is possible only when we force ourselves. We have to realize that this is new commandment Christ gave us. But our heart is old, marked by sin, so and marked by stained by our fall. And because of that we have to renew ourselves. We have to somehow deny ourselves and to and to with some kind of violence even force ourselves to do what love is. And, and, and this is very important to, to refresh this our understanding or to remind ourselves this truth. Because we just think that we naturally can, can allow. It's not true. It is not true because if we don't pay attention, if there is no this violence, this cross even connected with love to our neighbor. So then we will love neighbor just not fully, not perfectly. Many times in this love towards neighbor will be love to ourselves. We do to others something because we want profit from that. The acknowledgement or to take some advantage later of that person. And so it, it is tough. It, it is tough. So, so if we don't remind ourselves this toughness of this commandment, and if we don't remind ourselves how easily this our understanding of love to neighbor can be deformed, so then, uh, then uh, if you don't remember, so then we will slip to this way of love, false way of love, very easily, and it's difficult to identify that. And and it it's bad because then we just want to please. Sometimes this love towards. Others is consists of pleasing the other. I want please that my neighbor, and because of that, we are not able to see what is good for him, what is real need, you know. And uh, I remember one conflict. Uh, on my parishes before and uh, uh, two ladies got some kind of there were tensions and the reason was that uh, they were friends for many many years older ladies you know so for many years and there was a situation then one of them because she saw a problem so she told her friend that, well, this is not correct, this is not good. Seeing that her acting or decision uh, would cause big problems. And, oh, there were tensions around them. And uh, the other one, she told me, she was like trying to relieve no, this tension, pain. I said, 
she doesn't love me. I said, well, you are wrong. Actually, she loves you. And because of that, she was able to tell you the truth. But this is another obstacle we can hell when we try to really love our neighbor, that we are afraid of this bad reaction. I don't mean now to go around and to, to like, um, there's, a, there's a funny video, you know, I, I like the video, there's like garden party, there are a lot of people there, and one man got angry. I don't know why, but the point is that somebody came to him talking and he slapped him on the face. Somebody else came again and everybody got slapped, you know, in the end. When he started, do you know that? Oh my, I said, this is... Yeah. <laughs> you know that, and, and sometimes we, we do this, you know, that somehow uh, we are in this uh, mode to really, when we are upset about, especially when something going wrong. So then we start to like try to fix everything, giving like advices and not discerning. Uh, we are not supposed to do this, but if person who is closer and we have good relationship, so we are supposed we should have courage to, from love even to give to tell truth in the correct way, in the right way, <coughs> but still unpleasant truth. Because many times we, we are silent and we think that now we are pleasing a person and we love him because we keep him comfortable. But well, what kind of love it is if this person is heading toward hell? Oh no. So, so I would be very careful, you know, how to deal with that. But, uh, but uh, still, I wanted to use it as an example that uh, life is, uh, real love is quite different many times than world pushes on us, this understanding of love. Right. Questions or? No? So let's continue. Love has fittingly been called the citadel of the virtues, the sum of the law and the prophets. So let us make every effort until we attain it. Through love we shall shake off the tyranny of the passions and rise to heaven, lifted up on the wings of the virtues, and we shall see God so far as this is possible for human nature. Yeah. He's talking about love again, but love towards God. And he says that this love allows us to ascend up and to see God. And uh, again, even this text uh, pushes us to understand what is love. How, how we know that we love God. Christ tells us that who loves me then will keep my commandments. He doesn't give us different criterion. He says, this is a sign. If you want to know if you love me, keep my, look if you keep my commandments. And, and this is difficult, you know, because we had a funeral today, and I was preparing for the funeral. I recalled uh, another funeral, a few, well, many years now <laughs> ago, and 
there was nobody uh, like f f who would belong to this church. There was some kind of connection. You would know if I tell the name. <laughs> but when they called me about funeral, I said, why do you want? Why do you want funeral? You know, Christian funeral. Oh, because, wow, we are Christians, we love God. And it was some like, I, I didn't like fight with them. I let them, it was not, it, well, at that time I just accepted that, but it was because I was preparing for this, preparing for funeral, and it came to my mind, and I think it's just good illustration how many people see what is love towards God. So many times they say, yes, I love God, and they mean just some kind of inclination. It might be something about us. And this inclination, this movement of intellect or heart, they call love. I love God. And and test it. You can test it on on uh, uh, when you ask many people who are far from God, and you can ask them, "Do you hate God?" <laughs> no, no way. I, I don't hate God. But truth is that they do. There are enemies of God if they don't keep his commandments. Because this is a sign of love, true love. God didn't give us different criterion, only this one. It doesn't mean that we say, well, so when I when then I can tell that I love God, you know. If the condition is to keep commandments, <coughs> well, I like in one homily I heard and I used, I was using that during my spiritual direction many times, you know, like the priest said that each confession should start with first uh, sin. I didn't love God because I didn't keep his commandments. This is something we should make non-stop repentance for. Now, but we have to realize that maybe, maybe the best formulation, the better, we should, maybe it would be good for us if we start to use better formulation that instead of I love God I said I am trying to love God I am trying to reach love and true is that the love this true love it's not a result of our effort it's something what is given by God God is giving us gift of love, may we are able to love him. And this gift is given when we conquer our passions, when we conquer these inclinations, when we go through this, when when we are when we go through this process of purification of soul and mind, heart and mind, and then we are prepared to receive this gift. And this law God gives a gift is some kind of many, many say that uh, saints say that they or they compare it to like burning charcoal in heart. They have this feeling that this gift causes that they, they think that their chest is going to explode or heart is going to explode. When they, many when they got this gift 
they were crying even like some of pain. They say, stop, 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 no more. Because it was so overwhelming for them. This gift is great. And we should have, we should be on this way towards this, towards this um, gift. And we should long for that. But we still, we should keep in mind, and it's better for our spiritual life to keep that, that we are in process of acquiring love towards God. It should never, I, I, I think it's better for us to say, to never say that it's like perfect. I love God. A conclusion. Yes, I am trying to love God. I am doing everything to acquire this perfect love. But still, I am process. If I keep this in mind, uh, I will avoid this temptation of satisfaction. Because I can easily to satisfy my heart with thought that, well, I love God. I'm fine. I don't need to make any effort more. And it's not easy process because when we start this process and we know that to keep commandments uh, is a condition so and we, and we start to keep commandments there, this is a very bitter experience because suddenly I start to uncover what is really in my heart I start to uncover that that uh, what rules to my life. You said that well. We have first day of great fast. You said well. You made this notion that when we are fasting, we have this this like a rule that many times we go whole day without eating when we are busy and we don't recognize that it's not a problem. But when it's like strict fast like today, so we start to think about food from the morning and I think we start to dream about that even <laughs> night before, you know. And this is something what what like happens when I want to conquer my body. Body reminds okay, I have my pleasure, I demands, I want my pleasures. Always then do something, uh, try to do something spiritual for, for soul. These the attachments I have, they start to be very loud and remind, I want my pleasure. Body wants eat and drink. You know, pride wants acknowledgement and glory from others. You know, and we can go through each passion. Each passion wants, you know, to to. Uh, displeasure and they are very loud and they insist and suddenly I can see what is in my heart all those things were slipping while I was not trying to keep commandments demons let us be in peace if we are in their hands or tied by them my country, there is a saying that uh, in the church there is one demon, uh, in the bar is one demon, in the church thousands. You know, that uh, there is these old people, they were saying that, you know, but there is a truth there, you know, there is a truth in this. And suddenly we, we through keeping commandments, we uncover what is in us and it's many times it is not pleasant it's very horrible even like challenging like state of heart and understanding but once we make decision that okay this now I start to beg God for help to help me go to defeat this attachments to cut them in half you know 
Suddenly, we, when we start this journey, we realize that this activity, this fight against these attachments, it gives us freedom. Really, freedom that suddenly we are able to do for our soul and for God many things, even we before we would be surprised. You know, that, well, it's impossible for me, but suddenly this this freedom we, we can achieve through this is amazing. It gives us totally new perspective on life. But it has it takes courage to make this decision. Because many people they say, well, it's tough. Let's go back. You know? It's let's go back. And and the and but this decision has to be radical. I I shared today. Somebody posted on Facebook and like that, and it was like some few paragraphs about fasting, and and it was like a reminder that how falsely we understand fasting in these days. I said, so I will not be nervous. I will not be, uh, I need to know, so I will, I will fast from anger, I will fast from similar things. I said, well, it's not fasting, you know. <laughs> it is like to say, okay, I am not going to sin in this way during 40 days, then I will sin again, you know. It, it's, it's like... It, it, it doesn't, to fast from sin or sinful acts, it's not really fasting, you know. But if you think about that, you know, it's it's true. I I, I like this. I it was like, for me, it was a oh, good point, you know. And, uh, but even like this, like this, this kind of not understanding of really this art of spiritual life causes that we are making crazy resolutions and not correct resolutions. Resolutions which not help. To make decision to follow Christ, you know, when it is like, I don't know who was that Caesar who attacked Great Britain, no, but that Britain at the time, from Roman Empire. So they crossed this sea, they landed in this territory of Britain, and when soldiers got out from ships, so the Caesar commander ordered to burn ships. And it was like a sign, there is no way back. You know? And I think this is what, what we are supposed, this kind of, of resolution or decision we are supposed to do. When I recognize what is bad, I said, well, I am declaring war now. But this decision is so strong that I will burn all bridges which would lead me back. And it might be that I will be fighting with that bad inclination for years, maybe whole life. But it's okay. I will be fighting. And this is important. And God will finish. If what is not finished, if it takes me earlier. I lost myself. And this, I don't know where I wanted to go. Reminded me of something my my dad told me actually right before I left. He was talking about what you bring to a table, like at breakfast. If you have bacon and eggs, uh, chicken gave a little the eggs, uh, but the pig gave it all the bacon. Mm. Uh, I don't know. We were just saying, just like, what are we bringing to the table here? Burn bridges. Yeah. All connected. Yeah. Different ways of saying the same thing. Well, but we have to remind ourselves, this is our, 
even like this spiritual routine which we are doing, like in that book from Deacon Ed, we got it now, and there is this rule for life. It is it is amazing thing, you know. I I think that it should be. We should be something what we should have uh, in front of eyes often, you know. And uh, the last week I was fighting with some kind of fatigue in mind and not concentrating. So I decided that I need some kind of order, more order to my life. So I said, well, maybe it would be good if I have do do it. List to do to do, to -do list. list, yes. And I never in my life was good at this organizing <laughs> my my life calendar or something. So uh, I was trying to create something as reminders, you know, that what to do. Painful process, you know, a little bit for me to change habits. And but well, I have to tell that I created something what fits to me and it gives me like perspective that okay forces me at least so far it makes this pressure I wanted not to waste time and to be concentrated more. And uh, when I, when I was like after a few days I, I was like enjoying this my list that wow. Well, you know, it works for you. <laughs> and then a thought came. Where is your this list for your discipline? You know that and I said, oh, this is like shame on me. You know that I was so in, uh, concentrated on things. Oh, this, well, connected with, it's mostly the list connected with to be with my preparation on time, you know, not to let it, you know. And I said, well, but still it is work. And I was so ashamed that the priority, the first list is not a list of these rules for day, for life. And I was so pleased to check like all these like tasks of day. You know, and then I said, well, but you neglected something from that other, not existing list, but it should be. Uh, I think that we should always be trying to remind ourselves of what is important. To always to try to rewire our mind or brain or whatever. Look, and when we read these uh, works of saints, uh, we we can find there that what they consider as a work. For them, real work, where persons work on salvation, then long time nothing and then things which are necessary for this life. But priority has this, my salvation. So I think it should be uh, like if we make this list, so to have this our discipline, spiritual, and other things to put around this. Not never over, but as a secondary, as a secondary. And it takes time to, to change the way of thinking. Because this life was given us for repentance. God has had no other intention with, for us. And it was like one question when there were discussion about these things that so okay, so God doesn't want us to make effort to build something, to create something, to discover something. 
I don't think so. We put priority there. God's priority is salvation of soul. So many times we, we say, well, I neglect something about my soul because I'm doing very something very useful for mankind. God didn't ask us to do this. But God asked us to work on our salvation. I don't say now that we now should like, give up on all these talents we have, or activities, or thoughts of wisdom, but to give them correct priority. Priority salvation of soul and others. And now, if you start to think about that rule this Holy Father gives us, if you start to try to imagine a world when everybody would keep this as a priority, salvation also. Can you imagine how this world would look like? Or let's take marriages. You know, if both partners keep in mind, okay, the priority is salvation of my soul, so then they will do everything to to fulfill this priority, but they will be really supportive to each other because they know in reaching this priority. How wonderful it would be. You know, talking about this, like this uh, podcast, you know, so that they stress very much that, that, that how these children how they um, uh, they take they they and they really are watching us, and they gain some kind of ways of life from example of their parents. How wonderful it would be if parents are giving children this treasure that children would learn how to give priority to own salvation. And I'm sure that even more good things it would bring for the world that we have now. As a byproduct. Well, too many words. If God is love, he who has love has God within himself. If love is absent, nothing is of the least profit to us. And unless we love others, we cannot say that we love God. For, writes St. John, if a man says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. And again he states, no man has ever seen God. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. From this, it is clear that the love is the most comprehensive and the highest of all the divine blessings spoken of in the Holy Scriptures. And there is no form of virtue through which a man may become akin to God and united with him that is not dependent upon love and encompassed by it, for love unites and protects the virtues in an indescribable manner. So, well, actually, we touched many of the things this, in this reflection before, but I just want to add, I have the note here from St. Maxim, the confessor. Uh, he, when he speaks, he, he has like 400 texts on love. It's amazing to read that because this text gives us like very detailed perspective what love is. And he starts, I will try to translate that. He says that the love is the holy state of soul which value knowledge of God 
more than all other things. We can obtain a permanent state of this law while we are attached to some to whatever is in the world. It means that if there is some kind of attachment to this world, we are not we are not able to achieve this holy state of soul. And in these words, he confirms what we are talking about: that that to 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 gain this virtue, it's really how many say that it is like this gift from God when we finish our purification heart and mind. It means when we are free from all attachments. And until there is something more important for us than God and his commandments, it's impossible for us to acquire true love. Question, comments? I know this stuff, but, well, what can we do with these things? All right, so let's go. Okay. Patrick asked me not to finish the book today. <laughs> so this is why I'm going so slow. <laughs> when we receive visits from our brethren, we should not consider this an irksome interruption, interruption of our stillness, lest we cut ourselves off from the law of love. Nor should we receive them as if we were doing them a favor, but rather as if it is we ourselves who are receiving a favor. And because we are indebted to them, we should beg them cheerfully to enjoy our hospitality as the patriarch Abraham has shown us. This is why St. John too says, my children, let us love not in word or tongue, but in action and truth. And by this we know that we belong to the truth. Yeah, this is um, text. <coughs> or advice given for uh, monks who uh, lived in uh, solitude. They decided to live in solitude. Um, and uh, But it works for us too in some way. But, well, let me explain that. that uh, those monks who went to wilderness, to solitude, they did it because they were led by desire to reach these spiritual heights, to 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 reach those virtues, um, and then through them God Himself, and they wanted to really be free from all these attachments, all these impulses from the world, which it's difficult to conquer. But said Theodorus, he gives like, he brings some kind of balance. He says, well, they have to pay attention. May this desire doesn't lead them to extreme. It means that, well, they are not are supposed to search for them for, if they decided for uh, life in solitude, but they have to show hospitality to all visitors who come. You know that that they should not be like those that who would be like crazy, running away from everybody because they made decision to be in solitude. That they should show proper love and hospitality to those who are neighbors. And there was a practical aspect there because in desert they were these monks were like first ones who. If you are traveling to desert, so you would find them first before you came to some kind of city or village or whatever. And many times happened that uh, people were lost in the desert through their journey. So, to for to for monk to show them hospitality, it means sometimes it meant to save the life of the neighbor. You know, because in the desert. Well, they didn't have cars or whatever, but they carried everything. If they were lost for and they walk like for extra two, three days, 
So they were probably they didn't have enough water or food with them. So these these monks were many times those who saved their lives. So it was it was practical aspect. But I think that more Theodorus had more in mind because even the monks in this desire to go very strictly, some became like uh, a little bit crazy and they were not pleasant people, you know, because they were so strict with themselves that they forgot how to love, you know. So many times they were trying to run away from people, even like that, to hide themselves in order to protect themselves. So the, the intention was good, but like each extreme is bad. But the other hand, um, uh, we have to pay attention uh, that uh, this, this hospitality or this law uh, should have limits. Because Isaac Syrian, he says that uh, this kind of hangout and meetings and, you know, to have, like, when the people meet, just to have fun, you know, uh, to enjoy company, mm-hmm. you know, little parties, social things, you know. Uh, he said, well, this is good, but many times, if it is too much, if there is a, too much talking, too much fun. So it is damaging spiritual life. Because these this meetings with people, these moments, they cause that, uh, they cause that many passion can come, passions can come to life. They can be awakened. You know, it's it's like you can have good good like what's the right word for that when friends meet in bar or some restaurant or whatever they have like pic- picnic it's a good thing you know and and they they have good time and they talk. And how many times it happens that when we are after this meeting and we feel somehow dirty because of things which were said there. You know, and, and then we tell us, ah, I was not supposed to say this. You know, I was pulled to this conversation. I made judgment. I uncovered faults of the others. You know, so this, and, you know for a person who tries to live spiritual life, he can feel not comfortable after these kind of meetings or picnics or social events. So, so like, well, we, we in the world, we cannot avoid all of them, but we have to pay attention not to, not to have a, a not to be consumed by that, to have correct measure. And, uh, and, and we have to keep in mind that, well, it uh, leaves some kind of mark on our souls. It's difficult, you know, because especially I, I'm talking now from because everybody saw it in, here in America to the same thing, but which we we are very proud, we Slavs, to praise ourselves that we are hospitable, that we offer like hospitality, and uh, it means you know that you try to feed your everybody who comes and and in abundance, so. Uh, the goal is that, um, well, let's let's see that that if there is like you offer like shot of brandy or whatever it is, but 
So you never leave the, the glass empty, you know, because it is a sign of hospitality. Well, it's up to guys if you take or not, but you, you as a guest, it would be dishonor for you if you don't pour, if there's empty glass and you don't pour more brandy there, you know? Well, it is how it is, but but this, for example, is not the best thing, you know? It's uh, because many times this, this kind of hospitality, Hospital, hospitality evokes passions. So, really, to find good measure is good thing. Good thing, you know. And uh, maybe, maybe one more thing about because um, when I was thinking about that. Um, came to my mind, I watched one video. You know, YouTube gives you these wolfers on the side. It was a strange video because usually now it is like about war of in Ukraine, because I'm watching that or... Um, well, anyway. But this was like strange. Uh, but I clicked on that and it was... One lady, she was like saying some kind of not, not really her story, just it was saying some kind of warning to young ladies. It was very interesting. And she said that, uh, like from a, well, like couch time, she used to go out weekends, you know, like enjoy life, like, you know, like others, hang out with friends and to have a good time and to relax weekend and she said I was enjoying that so much and I like that she said that I didn't notice how these years were going on and she said now I am I don't remember probably over 30 but well don't I I don't remember but she said this now when I looking back I see that I wasted my life because this was like something what I, w I lived for, or I, w I was enjoying. And now I would like to return back and to to arrange my life differently. And she, it was very strange because not very often you can hear something like that. And she she was serious and she said that she wants to give warning to everybody was this lifestyle she had because she said that it didn't bring me happiness well she was talking more about details but uh, I think I think that this is something what what we really have to keep in mind this is some kind of warning comes from this word of saints to us that if they call us to some kind of moderation there's a wisdom how to what to use, what to let into our life. Right, not, they don't want to take something away from us. They just want us to live like life in fullness, real fullness. And it would be great if we, if, oh, if we can, in the end of life, if we are able to say, well, I use my life well. Probably it's impossible for anybody to say that, but but how great it would be. Well, I did what I could. I, I used all my limits, my strength. Well, still it was not probably enough. But I couldn't do more. This would be great. This would be great. We are only a few minutes left, so do you want to comment something or to tell something? Yeah, Michelle and I were talking before um, before class started, and we both listened to Sarah Vidan's podcast. They, of course, I told I told her that I could feel the 
tension in, in Sarah's voice from, you know, from Sunday. And if only we could just all go back and change how we raised our kids. Uh, you're right. Well, I have to admit, look, they put me to shame. I, you know, because when I look back, I really don't know how Miro was growing up. It was like <laughs> led by himself, you know. And and uh, if I if I knew what I know now, yeah. if I knew before what I know now, it would be totally different. And then it causes you that you do this repentance for that. I think that for you who are young here, well, use this wisdom of saints because probably we who discovered that later in military age you know that it's difficult for us to to somehow return back <laughs> you know and but you can you can make good start with marriage life in marriages, in raising of kids or your vocation you have, you can put it on very good foundations. You know? This is this is something what um, I but I think I, I can say well in Slovakia we didn't have any books. You know, like during communism, nothing. And the book was we had was prayer book, calendar, and uh, one newspaper, Catholic paper, which was under control of communists. So it was, it was, uh, and, and I remember that I was making like, on the paper, then I found some kind of like this, one sentence for a saint. I, I put it aside, you know, it was like treasure for me. To find something, I said, "Well, would be even would be great to read all these things." And actually, this was one at the time some kind of like this impulse that you should start to learn foreign language. It was a decision for English at the time to be able to maybe to reach this text. And until now, look, Saint Columbus what we read, it's still not available in Slovak language. Mm. Isaac Syrian is not available. Many saints we take profit are not available. <coughs> but even like here, if you go in these books, Isaac Syrian a few years ago was published, translation, you know? Um, Klimak was the best translation, this dark blue book. Mm -hmm. Again, a few years ago, the very good translation, before it was. But still, even if you go back, I think that who are older here, we didn't have, we didn't have this available in English. And many words of saints. So, it's a blessing for you, young generation, that you have all these sources. So, and probably God arranged it this way. Maybe it is needed for this time, for you to have this wisdom available. Just use your life, and, and one thing is that even it seems that if you compare your lives with your friends, Maybe sometimes it is this like some kind of this melancholy that well, I don't have so much fun as they have. But well, don't let this whispering of demon lead you. You know, have desire for for those things which are really good, and you will be blessed all your life.